Too many entrepreneurs are struggling to seize the unique opportunities available in business today. The Get Clear podcast is here to connect the best people with best tools so that they can reach their business goals. Now, please welcome the host of the Get Clear podcast, John Morrison. All right, folks. Hey, we got a visual audio combination today for the Get Clear podcast. My name is John Morrison. If you're joining us, watching from your home, which I imagine most people are, or listening wherever you are, I'm really excited for today because I made a friend uh, recently through the StoryBrand community. His name's Eric Upton, and Eric is a certified StoryBrand guide. He's a, a branding expert. He does amazing work. And like most of us, he's a small business owner trying to make sense of the COVID-19 crisis, trying to serve people first and foremost. So Eric and I had just been talking and I thought, let's just talk about you know, how do we make the most of this situation out of a, a difficult situation? How do we make uh, lemonade out of the lemons we've been given? How do we continue to pour out great service to our uh, customers? So if you are a, a small business owner or a medium business owner, I mean, everybody's affected by this thing. And so Eric, we're going to talk today about, um, about how to continue to serve your customers, what you're doing as a small business owner, and whatever else comes out. We're just going to have a great chat today. So welcome to the Get Clear podcast. Thanks. It's uh, great to be here. Really excited about this conversation. All right. Great. So Eric, hey, what were you doing like three weeks ago? I mean, before <laughs> everything started to come over into North America and, and disrupt everything, what were you doing and what were you all about? And then what, let's, let's go from there. Yeah. Three weeks ago seems so far away yeah. because how much has happened in just that short time span. The other uh, night, I was watching a documentary following the Philadelphia Eagles football team from last season. Right. And I got to the end of the show. It's called All or Nothing. And I get to the end and um, their season ends one game into the playoffs and um, they're doing their debriefing meetings. And I realized, man, these debriefing meetings are in kind of middle of January, beginning of February. And I realized that wasn't that long ago. And I'm watching people who have no idea what is about to happen in uh, our, our country and in the world. And like, it, it's just crazy to think about that three weeks ago, I got to work out of any coffee shop I wanted to. Um, and I could walk up to the counter and get the coffee. And I was around other people and I took it for granted. You know, I was that guy that sat in the back of the coffee shop. I put my headphones on and I had that international, please don't bother me. I'm really trying to be in a zone here. Right. And now all of that is gone. I, I've gone from working anywhere I want to, you know, being in place and at home. Uh, now the four kids are at home and, and the yeah. wife's at home and we're trying to figure things out. So it, it's different. Yeah. So tell us about your family situation because that's that's pretty complex right now, what you guys are dealing with, trying to make a living and trying to, uh, you know, raise a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, it's common to a lot of people, a lot of business owners out there. Uh, we've got, got four kids. Uh, my wife and I have been married for uh, a little over 10 years now, going on year number 11. Um, my oldest daughter is eight years old, and then we've got a seven-year-old. Uh, my only begotten son is five. And uh, then I've got uh, one more daughter who uh, just came into the family through the foster care system. And uh, we're kind of working through the adoption process uh, with her. And even that has turned upside down, uh, just the normalcy, if there is such a thing as normalcy within the foster care system. Mm -hmm. So... Um, yeah, everything is different. Now we're all in our house and I'm trying to figure out, okay, how do I work? How do I have, you know, meetings like this and Zoom calls without uh, the interruptions and um, those kinds of things. And it's, yeah. 
it's constant adaptation. So you were just kind of being a story brand guide, taking clients, and then all of a sudden an announcement came. Or when did you realize like things were not going to be the same for a while? Yeah, indefinitely. I, I think um, the first, you know, the first week that you started to see it uh, really hitting cities like New York and San Francisco. Okay. Uh, being from Northern California myself, um, you know, San Francisco was only a couple hours away, so I've spent a lot of time in that area. It's super familiar to me. So when they started doing a shelter in place, when they started quarantining the city and I started to see empty streets that I had walked and driven down, Mm -hmm. that's when I was like, okay, there's something legitimate going on here. But I figured, well, I'm in Phoenix now. I've still got quite a bit of distance. We'll probably get this under control. I doubt it will impact my area very much. Mm -hmm. And then um, less than a week later, I walk into the coffee shop that I like to work in and all the chairs are stacked on the table and there's no one inside. You can order from the counter, but the owner tells me, yeah, we're going to shut down the store and everyone is doing this. And I'm like, oh, wow, this, this is a thing. And yeah. I'm going to have to figure out some sort of uh, pivot here. And, um, you know, I'm, I don't know about anyone else watching. Uh, me, my family, we're not, we don't watch the news uh, at all, really. We, we really don't. Um, we've got, I think most of the stuff and the information that comes to us, maybe it's social media feeds or conversations with friends, but for the most part, we don't watch the news. So for me, it did kind of hit as an all of a sudden thing, as opposed to that slow creep that maybe others saw this coming as, you know, mm-hmm. by just paying more attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I first realized that something was, was coming when in one Friday afternoon, uh, I got three emails in a row of from companies saying, Hey, we wanted to do a website project, but we're just going to start fighting for our lives right now because we're being told to shut down or in our area. Yeah. And it was starting to happen. And I thought something is, something's not right. (laughs) When you have three emails in a row Hmm. come in, I followed up another client and I said, Hey, um, you know, we talked a little bit about going doing a website. I've got some time that just came up and are you interested in this? He goes, we don't even know if we're going to be around, (laughs) you know, like we have to, if we have to shut down all our construction sites, in the coming weeks. So we're, we're trying to figure that out. Websites are not at the forefront of our mind. Not the priority right anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's quite interesting to think that. And then all of a sudden, um, NBA player gets tested positive for COVID-19 and then the NHL the season gets shut down. as a Canadian. Yeah. That's what we kind of, uh, well, at least yeah, kind Canadian. of a big deal. <laughs> it's kind of yep. a big deal. So I had tickets for, um, March, uh, a game in Uh-oh. March and, and, uh, and that all of a sudden was canceled. And then I just realized everything just started to fall. All the dominoes yeah. of everything that's yeah. interconnected is, is over right now. So it was affecting business. And then it was, of course, with family stuff. And it just felt like there was a crisis looming. So my wife and I looked at each other. We kind of know, you know, when, when money's not coming in, you got to shut it down coming out, right? So we looked at each other like, what can we do? So we kind of were looking at like, no, can't do that. Can't turn off the lights. Can't just still do the heating. And we're like, let's cancel Netflix. So that was the only thing. Oh, wow. 1199, uh, that was our decision, was to, to cut uh, to cost by, by canceling Netflix. So Wow. I think you're one of the few people that actually made that bold decision. I know, yeah. It's the shelter-in-place rules uh, <laughs> going everywhere and saying, we are going to eliminate Netflix. Yeah. How, and, and while everyone's how are you Tiger, doing? T- shows about tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's about Tiger King. Everyone's I'm talking about all out. these... You are. Well, I doubt you missing out. I wouldn't put it that way. You're not missing yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Have you found um, people like people that want, used to once say that they were too busy for something? Because we're both in the, the marketing branding field. Yeah. Are 
are there starting to get some people that are saying, hey, you know what? I've got some time now. I'm looking into, uh, I'm looking into doing some stuff. How have you found those conversations? Because for a long time, you know, when, when things are going good, everyone's so busy, they run yep. the company. And then when it slows down, you either watch the Tiger King or you think about your business and what you can do. So I've noticed that there was a, a change that came about after into week two, where all of a sudden I started to get calls about people that were now interested. So yeah. Uh, have you seen any change in that at all? Or how have you uh, changed your approach, Eric, in how you, um, how you engage with your, your clients and customers? Yeah, the, the change has definitely come. And I think what's fascinating about what we're going through now, even though the context is almost night and day different, um, so many business owners, or at least so many entrepreneurs who are now in the space of owning their own business, launching their own thing, we can remember what happened in 2008. Um, and we remember that economic uh, crisis that occurred, at least in, in America, in, in 2008. And because that's so fresh in our minds, um, a lot of us kind of learned a valuable lesson during that time because there was uh, a crash that happened, the economy shrinked back, and in response to that, business owners, especially small business owners, kind of turtled and, and sheltered in place as a business and really paid the price for that, not just in that 08 to 2011, 2012 mark, um, but long after that because they didn't leverage the opportunity to push forward in the right ways. And so I'm watching a lot more business owners look at this and what's happening and saying, I'm not going to miss another moment. Right. I'm not going to miss another opportunity to do things well and position my business um, for when this is all over. Um, and so I'm, I'm having conversations and it's unique because my history and my positioning, I'm both dealing with people that are in the corporate sector, but I'm also having a lot of conversations with uh, churches and nonprofits. And um, I'm watching both of those communities as leaders say, how can I not get lost not only during this time, but when it's all over. Um, and so what it's causing businesses to do is to say, okay, how do I engage with social media in not just the reactionary way that burns me out, but how do I do this intentionally so I'm set up for the future? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot of really good and healthy conversations, but they're also really hard conversations. And when you're in the midst of the crisis, the number one feeling that I think a lot of business owners have is I have to do something now to solve the problem now to generate the income now. And when you create reactions like that and reaction-based decision-making like that, that's when burnout does happen. And that's when the work and the quality of your work and the message of your business really falls apart and you're not actually setting yourself up well. Right. Cause you're, you're getting desperate, right? So you've got if you walk into a commission sales place, right, you can tell when their eyes are just a little too big because you're there and they got commission breath, right, which just stinks no matter how far away you are from them. And that's yeah. what can happen is, is panic can get inside of your heart and then you, you cease to be a servant to your to potential clients and even seeing if you're yeah. the right fit, thinking clearly. And it's just like, hey, do you have, like people come in with big dollar signs on, on their heads, right, over a consultation call or something. Yep, Absolutely. You know, I, I was just thinking about this as, as you were talking to talking about that, that moment of panic. And I think all of us have had those moments in our lives where like we have experienced 
just that that gripping panic. For me, um, one of the ones that stands out most is all the way back when I was in middle school, I went to the summer camp and they had this big lake competition where two people, one of them jumps onto a blob, which is a big air cushion in the middle of the lake. Mm-hmm. And you have a larger person jump off and launch <laughs> yeah. you into the air. As a yeah. middle schooler, I'm a super small kid, and somehow I got selected to be the, the kid that gets launched in the air. Oh, no. The problem is, I'm deathly afraid of heights. I've seen and this story before. Yeah, go ahead. You've seen this, going. right? And yeah. so I, I get up on the platform, and I'm standing there, and the lifeguard says, all you have to do is jump off here and land on the first yellow patch, and then crawl out to the end and wait. I'm like, okay. And I'm, everyone in the camp is watching me. It's like 700 students. My team is depending on me. I'm afraid of heights. There's a girl out in the crowd that I'm desperately crushing on, hoping that she will somehow view this as a heroic feat and fall for me. And I get up to the platform and I jump off and I land in the first blue stripe. And if you're paying attention, you know that that's not the one I was supposed to land on. And so I slide backwards and I actually fall back into the lake. I have to swim around, climb back up the stairs and do it all over again. I actually missed two more times before getting it right the third time. I crawl all the way out to the end thinking that was success, forgetting that I had a almost 300 pound counselor who's about to jump after me and launch me into the air. Long story short, you know, I'd launch and everything goes as it's supposed to and I'm clearly alive, which is good. Um, but I think about that moment and I think there's a lot of business leaders who feel like they're standing on the edge of a very giant platform and they feel the pressure of everyone's watching me. And if I don't land on the right stripe right now, the first time, it could end me or cripple me. Mm. And that fear does one of two things. For some business leaders, it motivates us and we're excited and we're jazzed by that. We can't wait. and We jump with all our might and we're excited to get there. For a lot of other business leaders, maybe ones who are more like me, it just grips you. And you're worried not only about the jump, but you're worried about landing in the right spot when you do jump. And the key to making that happen is less to do with just having courage and bravery and going for it, because that's a lot of woo-woo speech and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's more about setting yourself up properly for that jump. And you and I being StoryBrand guides, we know one of the most critical pieces for any business owner is understanding what your mission is. Because even when the culture changes and you're required to pivot, if you're really clear on the messaging behind your mission, then whether you deliver that mission and that message online or in person or in Zoom meetings or whatever, almost doesn't matter because the message translates across all the mediums. You just want to make sure that it's right and it's clear. And is the message the same uh, as it was a month ago as it is now or how... How does the message have to pivot to Eric? What would you say? Yeah, I think, I think the message, the core of your message definitely needs to stay the same. The message itself is not going to change. What is going to change is the relevancy of that message. When you look at small businesses and you look at the ones who are often most impacted by what's going on in the world right now, um, you look at restaurants, you look at local right. coffee shops, you look at these um, automotive repair shops, you look at... Um, you know, landscapers and like the list goes on. And I, I sat thinking about this last night, how many small business owners in different categories are really being wrecked by this. And when you have a clear message, what happens in a moment like this is you start talking about how your message is even more important now because of what's going on than it was even before this. 
you know, for, for an automotive repair shop, like they're going to come out and shifting their stuff to online. Like, Hey, at Vic's car repair, we understand that you still need to get to the grocery store now more than ever. And if your car breaks down and stops in the middle of the road during this current time frame, that's the worst thing that can happen to you and your family. So in order to help you keep your car up and running, because us here at VIX, our mission is to help you get from point A to point B without ever having to think about us. Mm-hmm. So what we're introducing is Zoom-based diagnostic tests for any one of our customers. Here's how it works. Schedule a free diagnostics. We'll meet you for a 15-minute consult on Zoom. You'll turn your car on. We'll walk you through all of the steps and you'll show us your engine. Then we'll help diagnose what things may be coming up. And if we have to, we'll schedule a time for you to drop your car off, never step inside our office and keep social distancing norms, but we'll fix your car while you wait somewhere safe. That way you never have to worry that your car is going to break down on the side of the road during this time, right? Mm. The, the no, we won't even, well, no, we won't even just wash your car. We'll wash your keys as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll sanitize we'll, it. And we'll throw in a gloves. free key wash. Yeah. <laughs> all of that. Like we'll, we'll wipe down the, the shifting column, all that yeah, stuff. If all you're in a you. Tesla, little, little, little a interior uh, detailing for you. Yeah. I don't know why I mentioned Teslas. Those don't go to repair shops, but right. uh, like the message of Vic stays the same. We want to help you get from point A to point B without thinking about us. Mm-hmm. right? Like that's the mission of VIX. Um, and that message now becomes more important because of what's going on. Right. What happens is a lot of businesses never took the time to really clarify their message, to ask the question, hey, what's wrong in the world and lives of my customers? Mm-hmm. And why am I not okay with it staying that way? Mm-hmm. And what am I going to do about it? Like those questions, those don't get asked a lot. And because of that, they don't get answered a lot. And so we create mission statements as businesses. They're like, well, we exist to transform the customer service uh, environment, people who are interested in automotive repair. We've been in the business since 1817 and, you know, on and on and on. And we think that's a mission. Well, that's not a mission. Those are just true facts about your business Mm -hmm. and no one actually cares. Mm -hmm. So how do you become a mission-driven business and then adapt and make the pivot during this time so that even though the context has changed, your mission is now forefront, which is actually drive customers and value and business to mm-hmm. you. Yeah. One of the things that I've been thinking a lot about since becoming a story brand guide is how do you position your business as you, you know, you're helping people win their story, right? That's, that's our goal yeah. as any business. That. And so, um, I've really engaged a lot with Simon Sinek and, and Don Miller together. And what would they talk about if they had a conversation? And Simon Sinek was all about start with why, right? So what is it yep. that you exist to do? What's the, um, you know, climb the mountain. What's your purpose? What's your inspiration? What are your values? And, and let people gravitate to that. And I always want to think like, people don't really care about our values and mission as <laughs> much as they care about does your mission and do your values help me win my story? Yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah, I've just been thinking a ton about that. So, what you're saying, I think, if I could summarize it with, with the lens that I'm thinking about these days is you're saying your why is still the same. You know, in good times and bad times, in a, a bull market, uh, it doesn't matter, uh, and, and in a recession, it's the same. But your uh, who may be facing a different problem, right? The people that you're trying to serve. So now uh, you need to help and, and sh- shape your what a little bit. Like, what do you deliver? Well, it's still, 
you're still serving people, you're still helping them win their story, but uh, that may have uh, changed on the surface a, a, a little bit or how, what it looks like, right? Might be a little bit different. So you went from in-person diagnostic to, to uh, over Zoom. You went from seeing, seeing your patients, right? If you're in healthcare over, you know, coming into your office and now you pivot to having them come to, you know, their computer and you yeah. talk to them there. So it's still, your, your why is still burning hot. Your who is still the same, though their, their needs are a little bit different now. So you pivot a little bit in how you deliver their needs. Is that, is that a, yes. a summary, um, Eric? Yeah. I think the biggest mistake that business leaders make, and, and you're, you're really hitting on this in, in your summary, the biggest mistake we make in moments like this is we overemphasize the what and we, because we're looking for a solution, mm-hmm. you know, so people start asking questions, well, uh, what and how do I get customers through Instagram? What and how do I need to do to get more uh, traffic to my website? What and how do I um, get more uh, Facebook ads or LinkedIn referrals and, and those kinds right. of things? We immediately go to the tactics. And the danger in building your business off of tactics is you're required to play oftentimes by someone else's rules. The beauty of starting with, um, you know, holy cow, I'm going to quote his book title, but starting with why. And I love that you're blending Simon and Donald because I, I think that's an important thing to make, uh, an important thing to do. Because if you just start with the why and you come out, well, here's why I do it. And you start talking about yourself, people are going to be like, hey, congratulations. Yeah. Good for you. I'm glad there's people out there like you, but I really have to solve my problems. And so to be able to understand your why has to be customer facing. It has to be outward facing. It can't mm-hmm. be inwardly focused. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's the piece that becomes important when you merge these two worlds of story brand and start with why. Mm-hmm. So uh, to kind of summarize myself, um, the <laughs> biggest mistake business owners make is reacting and immediately jump into, jumping to the what and the how to try and solve their problems. Mm-hmm. When in reality, you just need to press harder into communicating the why um, behind your mission and your message mm-hmm. and, and doing that really clearly. Because it's the people who do that well that are going to come out of this moment at the top. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about that, about coming out at the top. Because this won't end, uh, sorry, this won't go on forever. The, the recession right. will come to it and they all do. So let's start thinking about like, yeah, what is it going to look like? And how do you do some work now so that you can come out ahead later. I'm guessing watching Tiger King and being an expert in that is not the answer. <laughs> it's not going to help something, you. There's things that we yeah. can do to start getting ready to, uh, for, for what's coming. And I think one of the ways that we do that is by building some trust and credibility as, you know, we talk about in StoryBrand as being a guide, right? So showing up for your customers now, while they don't have a ton of money and it's not, you know, they're not just throwing it at you, there's a way to build a bit of brand recognition during this time so that when people yeah. do have money again, they're willing to uh, reinvest. Would you say that's one way that you've been doing it, Eric? I know that's something we talked about. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, you, you read books like um, Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, Jab, 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 Right Hook, uh, right. which I think is just, it's a brilliant example of what it looks like to continually show up. And I think the problem for a lot of business owners or people who have read that book are familiar with it. The, the basic premise for those who aren't is um, jab, 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 right hook is give, 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 and then ask. But understand, the only reason Gary named it jab, 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 right hook 
it wasn't an outline for a formula. Like a lot of people look at that book, they're like, great, I understand the premise. If I give and then give and then give, I equal one ask. So I need right. three gives, one ask. And we love formulas. This is not a formula. It is not about, okay, giving this many X amount of times to get Y amount of gives. This is, I need to give until that threshold of trust that you were mentioning is actually crossed. And so some of the tactile ways that I think a lot of us as business owners, small business owners can do to lean into that is, yeah, we can create the PDF. Um, we can um, increase our activity on social media and creating content that's relevant and helpful to our customers. Mm -hmm. We can um, do discounted rates on services, which honestly right now is probably more harmful than it is helpful. So I would probably recommend using that as a last resort. One of the most powerful things that you can do for your customers during this time and to continue with that giving before you cross the threshold of asking is look at what we're doing right now. Um, I honestly believe that one of the most powerful means to help other people is sharing information, sharing knowledge, sharing exper experiences, doing that through stages, whether they're online, which is all of them right now, or eventually when we get back to it, um, more offline stages. But figuring out, okay, what are the podcasts that my people are listening to, my ideal customer avatar? What are the podcasts? What are the YouTube shows? What are the vlogs that they're watching? How can I show up for the creators of those things with relevant stuff that will help their audience and also help my name be positioned as someone who's generous and someone who's knowledgeable so that when they're ready to make a decision, I'm the one that they come to. And the key with that is thinking through, well, how do I give value to the creator of those things? And then how do I make sure that that creator looks like the hero and is giving value to their end user or listener or audience mm -hmm. member? Yeah. And I would, I would hustle the snot out of the opportunities like that. That would be a lot of my focus. I'd make sure that my website is up and running and ready to receive the traffic that comes in from that. Um, I'd make sure that I have email autoresponders in place that's ready to respond to the traffic that comes in from that. Um, and then I would make sure that I have little extra tools or bonuses that I can kind of give or send uh, from on behalf of those hosts or creators to help their ideal audience. Mm -hmm. And the beauty is no matter what space you're in, there's a podcast and a YouTube channel dedicated to that thing. <laughs> yeah. And they're yeah. trying to find content, right? Totally. And they, right? they're like, yeah, everybody's online right now. We, this is our time to, to step up. And if you offer an email saying, hey, I'd love to chat with you about this. And here's some mm -hmm. questions you could ask me. You know, do all the mm -hmm. prep work for them. Make yep. it easy. And then you know, they just have to show up. And that's, that's a, a great way to do it. Yeah, you know, I, um, in fact, I was in my mid-20s with no... I didn't own a business. I was on a salary at a, um, at a church. You know, I was... I was living pretty good in the 2008 recession. And then this one came and now I got kids, family, mortgage, my own business, employees, all that stuff. And yeah. so I was kind of panicking at first. And I just said to uh, my business mentor, I said, like, what do you do? <laughs> you know, and, and he was super excited about a downturn. Yeah. I'm like, what are you, are you kidding me? Uh, why are you excited about this? We want to ride the high for longer, right? He goes, you know what, John, in a downturn is your chance to show up and serve people and gain new market share and audiences that you yeah. never had before. 
And I really took that as an opportunity or even a call an inspiration. And I said, you know, during this time, I'm going to show up and do exactly what you, you said, Eric, is just go wake up every day and help people. And, you know, we have our ideal client as we, we work with a lot of chiropractors. We love them. We, it's a good fit. We just know them well and people in the medical professions and, and they're doing a lot of work right now. So we just kind of show up and, and help them. One of the things that we got to do is in, in our province, BC, uh, the dentists are all shut down because of some big conference that they were all at. They got exposed. They had to quarantine. So the wow. only emergency dentists are up and um, a friend of mine said, hey, would you do a website for uh, emergency dentists? And I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to do it. Well, you know, even though we have bills to pay, there's no way I'm going to charge those dentists who are all shutting their doors right now and, right. you know, taking out the loans and, and they're freaked mm -hmm. out. But this is my chance to show up to dentists where we don't have a, a huge following in that, in that vertical. So I'm thinking at, at the end of the day, there might be something there, but that's not why I want to do it. I want to do it because I want to show up and, and be an authority and trustworthy. And, and that's just, this is the opportunity that just fell in my lap. So dentists all around BC uh, will be looking at this website <laughs> in, in the next couple of days here and pointing yeah. their patients to it. So yeah. great opportunity has come despite the chaos of emergency dental uh, or the problems there in, in, in our province. Yeah, it's been a weird feeling for me. I, you know, back in 2007, 2008, I was selling cars. I, I worked at a car dealership. Um, but while I worked there selling cars on the lot, mm -hmm. my why was so much bigger. And it was funny the conversations I had with people because I remember we would be sitting down, you know, waiting for that. Like, if you've ever bought a car at a dealership, like, I just want to say from my heart to yours, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry for that experience. Like, also, it's not fun being the other side of it either, just so you're aware. But like, we're sitting, you know, waiting for the manager to check the numbers and see if the work and like do the back and forth and all that junk. And um, I remember with a, a number of couples and in that moment, they'd ask me, so how long have you been doing this? And why do you do this? And I, I'd look him in the eye and say, you know, I'm really glad you asked. I get asked that question a lot. Um, I'm actually a youth pastor when I'm not here it's a small church and they can't really afford to pay me. So this pays the bills so that I get to be a youth pastor. And um, every time I said that, there were some people who looked at me and said, you're a liar and how terrible <laughs> of you to lie about church like that. There's no yeah. way a pastor would also work as a car uh, salesperson. Right. Um, and others would look at that and be like, that's the most incredible thing I've ever heard. And I would pull out this photo book because I, I carried a photo book uh, with me and in it were pictures of me with these students that I worked with. I mm -hmm. said, yeah, here, here's the proof. Uh, these are the students that I'm going to go and see on Tuesday night. We meet in a garage uh, about 20 minutes from here. And, and the reason I sell cars uh, and the reason I can do it while also being a pastor is I, I do it honestly, uh, but it's so I can spend time with these students and helping them, right? So as, as business owners, as you know, for you, as you were kind of mentioning, like, the reason you get up in the morning is like you're driven to help people and to help mm -hmm. businesses. That mm -hmm. mission has not changed for you right. simply because what's going on, it's just gotten even more clarified as to how you can execute your mission during this time. So you're looking at it, you're like, okay, my mission is to sincerely and genuinely help businesses win and show up for them so that they can show up for their people. And these dentists aren't able to show up for their people right now. So you're showing up for them because they really need you to, which gets you up in the morning and motivates you. And mm -hmm. for me, kind of like I was alluding to a, a moment ago, like I've been waking up every morning more excited during this particular season 
than I have in the months before this um, when things were normal. Mm-hmm. Because I know what this season means. I know what the stakes are. And honestly, if I was to boil it down, I would say that's what's driving us. I know the stakes are really, really high. And my personality, when the stakes are really high, I really do enjoy showing up and showing up big. Mm-hmm. It, it drives me. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. The other thing in that conversation with my mentor, he said, John, you're going to notice that a lot of people are going to turtle during this time. They're going to see that uh, tough times are coming. They're going to retreat to their shell and, and hope you know, maybe a government will bail them out or someone's going to bail them out or something's going to happen. But then the other thing, I was like, well, if, if turtling's not the option, then what's the alternative? And we both decided like lions, you know, lions go and they lead, oh, yeah. they lead the pride. You know, they're not afraid. They, they have great courage and they go out and they, they just be lions. You know what I mean? They're not afraid of whatever. At least that's my interpretation of lions. I, in Canada, we don't have a ton other than the one at the zoo <laughs> that pees on my kids when they go too close to the, the fence. So that's what a lion is, I guess. But no, my stereotypical view of a lion is that you're, you're courageous, you're bold, you're, you're, you're leading people, you're taking care of them. And, and that to me is, is the, the juxtaposition is of turtles versus lions. And I just said in that time, like, I just want to be a lion during this time and, and, and not be afraid. And I think, you know, that like both of us are saying this, this downturn is actually a chance for excitement and not just to, uh, to duck our heads and, and cover, but actually to, yeah, uh, help people and gain some market share and some trust. So that at the other end, you, you can grow your business through it. And so 100%. finally, just as we wrap up, just with some hope, like, how do you pivot into something like this? Because if you look at it, out of 2008 came some amazing companies like Stripe yep. and Airbnb and Uber. And I mean, the, the list is astounding about the, the billion dollar companies that came out of uh, the recession. Even, uh, you know, thought leader Pat, Pat Flynn, who's a great guy, he lost his job yep. in 2008. Yep. And then just all of a sudden started creating online tools for architects, which then turned into Smart Passive Income. Smart and, Passive Income, yeah. And now he's Pat Flynn, obviously. But yep. it, was, it was all because of that. So let's just end with some hope or, and maybe something to send people off with some, uh, some encouragement to be lions out there or to innovate when necessary or whatever it is. What would you say to somebody who's just kind of seen it as just a bad thing so far? Like, encourage us, uh, Eric, and, and send us off with some, some hope that there's a better day. Yeah. You know, as, as business leaders, making pivots like this, especially when you don't have time to prepare for this pivot, is right. really hard. And it can also feel extremely frustrating when you hop on social media or you get online and it feels like other business leaders are pivoting so much easier and their um, opportunities are coming so much more frequently. And it, it just seems like things are lining up for them and for you, every day is a struggle. And you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor and you have that pit in your stomach of is today going to be like yesterday where I get to the end of the day I don't feel like I made any progress and I don't feel like I'm doing what I need to do to, you know, survive this time, let alone thrive in it. And for you as a business leader, I need you to understand something. When you started your business, when you first launched out, there was something in you that drove you to venture out. There was a why existed in you. And sure, maybe you never took the time to really articulate that with clarity, like we kind of talked about earlier but it existed in you and you knew it and you felt it. And it's what made you take that initial leap off the platform to try and land on that yellow square. Right. And so now you're having to pivot and and you're having to do these things and it's easy to compare. Here's what I need you to know. No matter what is going on around you, no matter what 
any other business in your space or your field or whatever is doing, you have a why. And if you take today, and maybe you don't launch a post, maybe you don't you know, do a podcast, maybe you don't land a client or anything like that. But if the one thing you do today is clearly articulate the why behind what you're doing and you do it outward facing like we talked about. So it's not just, you know, I created this so I could be happy, but like mm -hmm. it's outward facing. If you clarify your why today, I promise when you wake up tomorrow, you're going to wake up not with a pit in your stomach, but with a burning fire that drives you forward that says, I don't care what kind of pivot I need to make. This why is too important and it has to get out of the world because of what it's going to do for other people. Mm -hmm. That's how you drive through a moment like this with enthusiasm, with optimism, and with hope. And you also reach the success you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And I would just add, and then go find people that uh, need yep. help, right? And show up yep. and share Mr. Rogers it. Mr. Rogers says at the time of crisis, look for the helpers, right? Like, and look for the helpers. So that's you will you. be a helper out there and you get your why when you find those who's that are, that are struggling with something in, that you can solve, a problem that you can solve, yeah. right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're like, I think the world needs my why. It's like ukulele versions of Taylor Swift songs. It's like, mm, <laughs> Could, don't think I don't know. I feel like I need that. I would like <laughs> no. that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, it's been a joy to spend time with you. Uh, I, I wish you all the best as you lead your family and lead your company uh, through this and, so and other people help them. It's uh, Eric Upton from Upton Branding Co. Where can we find you if we want to learn more about what you do yeah. and if we want to work with you? Yeah, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, you can go to my website. It's ericsupton.com. Um, and if you want to shoot me an email, it's just hello at ericsupton.com. Um, you could also find me on Instagram uh, somewhat intermittently um, as my value of Instagram goes up and down from time to time. Um, yeah, and that's just at, yep, <laughs> at Upton Branding Co. Um, so would love to uh, connect with anyone that's got more questions or uh, needs, needs anything at all. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much for your time. It's been uh, valuable to me and I'm sure to other people. And we just appreciate you and, and wish you all the best as you uh, go ahead with this. Appreciate it, John. Thank you so much. Awesome. If you need help getting a clear message for your business, or you need a website you truly love, visit getclear.ca. If you liked what you heard today, please leave an honest review on whatever platform you're using to listen. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Get Clear Podcast. We look forward to sharing another great episode coming up soon.